Dente Rigamortis. I'm Review Cultist. I'm Mikey, the E stands for evil. I'm the gamer in yellow. And we're here to discuss those internet stories, most creepy and most pasta, and be critically silly doing it. Tonight we have Lost Episodes Can Be Found Again by Hopeless Night Owl on creepypasta.wiki. So it's what, week, um, week. Guys, what week is it? <laughs> I, I don't know. It's this week in that month. And we're in that province of that of that country. I uh, see we're working in the police academy time. Best time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we're all still online and stuff. Uh, and so yeah, uh, lost episodes um, can be found again. Uh, it's by Hopeless Night Owl. Uh, it's on creepus.wiki. And I guess I'll just jump into my rundown. I have a lengthy rundown, guys. So excuse me while I read through this these several paragraphs. It's fine. So narrator. Oh, so part one. Uh, narrator saw a lost episode of the Aristocrats. Uh, the Disney cartoon with graphic traumatizing scenes when he was five. Uh, It scarred him for life. uh, And years later, he still couldn't get it out of his head. So he decided to try and find it again. Uh, He did eventually watch the the real version of it, though, very like kind of trepidatiously and um, discovered that it was actually, he actually liked the, uh, the, the actual version of the movie, but the lost episode version nevertheless stayed with him in his memories and as a focus. Uh, Then we cut to part two. Uh, A few years have passed. um, And while in college, uh, Nair discovers the internet urban legends of lost episodes. Um, After finding a YouTuber who reviewed such videos, uh, the cartoon geek, Nair attempted to contact people in the comments, claiming to know more about these strange tapes. Eventually his Prodding and research brought him to a Chinese message board where he discovered a JPEG that convinced him that what he remembered seeing when he was five had actually been real. Uh, It was a screenshot of graphic material happening to the black kitten in the movie. Um, What's more, uh, he did eventually get a response from his messages to the commenters that gave him a name, the Lost Media Group. Uh, searching, uh, searching this, he found the Lost Media Society, which is a different but possibly connected organization that digs uh, into and collects normal missing and unaired content of shows and movies. Uh, an admin or two, uh, eventually, of like after like talking to some admins and such, uh, told him that the LMG, uh, the Lost Media Group made authentic graphic and creepy versions of films and 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 the like for collectors for lots of money. He was pointed to a retired admin and Nair sent them a message regarding the Aristocats lost episode. 
So then we go into part three. While waiting for a few months for any kind of responses on that, uh, Nair discovered a potential lead on a lost episode with a graphic Flintstones episode that aired at a resort on Lake Cabotogama in Minnesota. Uh, he traveled there and asked questions, though the people who talked to uh, were very hesitant and even resistant to talking about the, the event, but they assured him that it was something that had happened. Um, not turning up much more than questions. On his way home, uh, a car followed him from the resort and ran him off the road. Uh, Nair was unharmed, but believes now, or believed at that point that he it was some kind of a warning from the, the group. That we then go to part four. Uh, he contacted a friend in the FBI to see if they knew anything about the group. And while it was very little they knew, they did have some information on the group's origins, uh, dating back to the 30s and even the 20s through to the 70s. Uh, the early group, the earliest version of the group worked in mystery reels, which are similar to the premise of Lost Episodes, but just in a different time period. Um, they also had possible connections to a variety of criminal activities and organizations uh, such as human trafficking um, and like blackmailing and bribing people to uh, kind of make people go away uh, that were talking too much about their group uh, and such. We go to part five. A few weeks later, Nair got a response from the ex-admin and got a meeting to see the lost episodes he had, though ex-admin did specify that he did not have the Aristocats tape. Um, while staying at a hotel before the appointment, Nair got another message from the group in the way of a fragment of the Aristocats tape airing on a channel he was watching in his room. And they then posted a message on over it saying, stop asking. He didn't. Uh, he met the ex-admin and watched several tapes um, for a ridiculous price of $1,000 and snuck a snapshot of a hyper-realistic scar from the Lion the lost tape of the Lion King that he was watching. Uh, some of the other tapes like, were uh, Super Bowl with a riot that never happened in reality, but it clearly happened in over on the tapes. And Pink Panther, Pink that's Panther, what it was. Yeah, yes, yeah, the Pink yeah. Panther, where he, goes, uh, where he goes up on a, um, uh, a rainbow, and then uh, the rainbow uh, falls from under him, and he crashes and dies. Um... So yeah, he, those are the, those are the videos he saw. Um, the Lion King one, though, um, right before, right after he took that snap, that, uh, snuck that snapshot of the uh, the hyper realistic scar, um, the psychedelic effects of the tape kicked in, and he was like sent into almost like a panic attack over like thinking that the cre uh, the uh, the lion was going to attack him. Um, after viewing, the ex admin kicked him out of the uh, cabin that they were in, and he headed home with his secret photo. Part six. With the photo, he discovered the technique and artistry was linked to an animator named Johann Straubel, who had created his own animation studio back in the 30s, and they... Oh, and they had uh, made deconstructed and graphic versions of animations, among others, in the anti-art movement at the time. Uh... After his reading and research, he traveled further to the remains of the bankrupted ruins of the studio 
Wernair discovered schematics and parts for some kind of equipment in a secret compartment amidst the scavenged empty shells of the building. Uh, we then move on to part seven. Uh, Nair decided to take some months off his, this investigation um, to get his life back in order. When he got a message from the group, uh, Nair was to go alone to a vacant lot at a specific time. Uh, apprehensive but dying for closure, he decided so. He he decided to go. Uh, the person who showed up was a woman who said the group would show Nair the tape as a way of buying him off and keeping him silent uh, on his whole investigation. To which Nair agreed. Uh, she took him to a closed-down theater the group was using for clientele, and he watched the Aristocats' Lost Episode version. Uh, his journey reaching an end, he was dropped off, and that was that. Uh, he wasn't to speak a word of the, uh, of the investigation at all to anyone. Um, the reason we're reading this now is because someone has come along on the forums Nair Frequence asking about lost episodes due to a similar backstory to Nair. Uh, Nair is deciding, or I guess has decided since we're reading this, if he should speak out now. And that's the end. I think I pretty much covered everything. I think so. Uh, I guess we'll move on to everyone tolerates the grammar inquisitions at this point. All right. So um, I've got this into parts. Uh, so do we want to do that or. Mm -hmm. Okay. So part one, um, Mikey, do you have anything for part one? Uh, what I have is a conjunction junction. It's story, which can wait until after the rest of it's done. Okay. And gamer. All right, on to part two. Uh, a few months ago, I covered an alleged lost episode from the 1968 Filmation series, The Adventures of Batman. Uh, and it's actually supposed to be Filmation was the company name. It's just missing an L. Uh, Mikey, do you have anything? Uh, nope. Gamer, do you have anything? Nope. All right. I don't have anything for part three. So do you guys have anything for part three? Um, your filmation thing, I, it's spelled filmation. Uh, the, no, it isn't. It's spelled filmation, like F-I-M-A-T-H. Or like when, what it was written in the story, it's F-I-M, not F-I-L-M. I'm, I'm looking at the story right now and it's spelled correctly. What? The, oh, maybe yeah, I, I okay. I wonder if I wonder if they somebody edited it then <laughs> between me uh taking this into my Google Docs. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, then that got fixed. All right, good. All right, never mind. So, does anybody have anything for part 3? Nope. nope. Cool. On to part 4. Uh There is no way such a sophisticated syndicate could make enough money off of a simple piracy to be considered profitable. And the other crimes listed in the report would seem beyond the scope of expertise of a cabal ostensibly comprised of people in the entertainment industry. So um, that was all one sentence. 
Um, there's a couple of commas, but otherwise one sentence. And this is a super nitpick thing, um, but comprised actually isn't a word. It's a word that gets used a lot. Like it's a, it's a, it's, it's a wording that gets used a lot, but the, actually the proper way, the, the more, the proper purest version of the wording comprised with a, like the past tense kind of thing is actually supposed to be composed of. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I actually like, learned like that. Well, showing up like, showing up in dictionary.com when i google it so i don't know if you're right there i i googled i looked up dictionary as well and it said and it said like it you can't people do use it because or or it can be used because people use it all the damn time but it's in it's actually this is why i said it was a nitpick um for like purist kind of like writing english kind of things composed of is actually the proper not comprised But yeah, I learned that while I was doing this. <laughs> um, does anybody else have anything for part four? Nope. Okay, on to part five. Uh, it took place is a Greenland that, while not explicitly identified as Ireland, was obviously supposed to be the Emerald Isle, or at least something... Blah, 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 blah. Um, so really, the, the, the thing there is at the beginning there, it's, um, it took place in a green land. Um, then the next one here is, his mouth opened wide, showing rows of sharp teach. And I heard realistic growling sounds. So it's actually rows of sharp teeth, just kind of a simple typo. And... Anybody else have anything for part five? Um, no. Uh, I have an unnecessary comma. Okay. In my opinion. Sure. Uh, who were they, comma, to try to uh, intimidate me into giving up? Yeah. The entire sentence. <laughs> I feel like that's an unnecessary pause. It, it really is. Me, who were they to try to <laughs> intimidate me into giving up? Yeah. Uh, who are you? <laughs> who are you? To be <laughs> also, shouldn't that be like a question mark <laughs> rather than a comma, if anything? <laughs> no, because then the next sentence would start with two. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. All right. Um, there's nothing else for part five. We'll move on to part six. Uh, I immediately determined to read it, but it took me ages to find a copy. So I decided, to, uh, like, I, th I think you need, to, uh, it should have, um, I was de immediately determined to read it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just because otherwise it kind of sounds a little off when you're reading it. Like, I immediately determined to read it. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. Uh, and then the next one here is, I taken one of the lamps off the floor to perch it on top of the partition. And the light now allowed me to see outline of the trap door along the along with its hinge and latch. Uh, so I think a the needs to be between C and outline. So it's like, and the light now allowed me to see the outline of the trap door. Uh, I, then, I looked that up. 
It does say that. And the light now allowed me to see the outline of the trap door. What the fuck? Okay, so I, I must have an older version of this then. That I, I copied like a week ago. <laughs> and that's been like fixed since then, I guess. So I guess the admins are on that shit. <laughs> over yeah, at uh, creepboss.wiki. Go over your, your, all your other things and probably fixed too because i didn't see any of this shit that you're following. all right well i'm only down i'm down to one more so we'll see if this one's been fixed so i'll check this one ahead of time okay uh this one is uh i just managed to com- comfortably put the lost episode search on the back burner back burner the back burner and feel contented when i received an email with the subject what you've been looking for um, so my issue here is just, I feel like it should say, um, feel content. Um, I don't, I, I, I think contented is a, is a, is a word you can use, but I, I, I wouldn't have felt contented. Yeah. Felt like it seemed felt contented. Yeah. I feel like I, um, like, uh, on, like putting the lost episode search on the back burner and feel content when I received because it's past Amen. tense. Yeah, I don't know. Like, okay, you know, yeah, look, contented. Yeah, it just seems it just sounds weird to me when I re- when I when I when I say contented. <laughs> I don't know, but I guess that's content. yeah. Yeah, or yeah, felt content. There we go. That's Ooh, that's what it would make that would that at least to me that just like reads better. So it keeps it all in the past. Yeah. Mm. Um, and that's that's my. Uh, Grammar inquisitions. So, unless you guys have anything for part six or part seven, a gamer six had to back out through the window and back several times just to bring some rocks to prop it up. First of all, I found that kind of awkward to read, and it's like, is he physically backing out of the window every time unnecessarily? Oh, okay. Um, yeah. The way that I would rewrite it is, um, I had to make several trips back to the window to bring some rocks to prop it up. Instead of, I had to back out through the window and back several times. Just worded it oddly, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, he's trying to say that he left and came back because it took multiple rocks, and he, I'm guessing they're heavy. Yeah. That's why it's changed it to, like, I had to take several trips back through the window to get rocks to prop it up. Yeah. It Instead of, I had to concise. back out through the window and back several times. It's not, I had to go back through the window. I had to back out through the window. And back out several times. <laughs> yeah, too much back. Yeah. That's all I got for six. And seven. All right. And, so, and you got everything, and you have nothing for seven, sorry? Mm-hmm. Cool. All right, I guess on to actual thoughts. Or no, not actual thoughts. We'll talk, we'll go on to, uh, uh, is it a conjunction junction or an it story? Um. Well, I have front butts, front end, and then a lot of it. All right. And now a conjunction junction with a happy helping of an it story. Take it away. But first, you have to promise me you won't laugh. But the setting alone in the dark with just the light of the TV was strongly reminiscent of my traumatic virgin experience with the feature. But the contents of the the compartment were worth it. And yet, what I had seen all those years ago definitely shared elements with this movie. And it didn't seem like they were interested in influencing elections. 
it subtly informed my whole outlook on the trappings of my childhood. It wasn't until maybe third or fourth grade that I started to realize that my experience with the movie had not been typical. It had been a home VHS recording she bought at an estate sale rather than a retail copy. It took me a couple hours to work up the courage to finally hit play. It was a thread on a Chinese message board. It was a frame from whatever twisted version of the Aristocats I had seen. And while I hadn't actually remembered this particular still until I found this message board, the instant I saw it, I remembered the clip and more memories started flooding back, still vague but vivid and definitely real. It was a site for media enthusiasts to collect, trade, sell, buy, and discuss lost media, including lost episodes, as in real lost episodes that simply never aired, not the urban legend ones that contain surreal, disturbing, or even supernatural content. It took about 45 minutes for a state officer to find me. It was an analyst report containing all the information the FBI had on this mysterious group. It is said to be a multinational organization that has embedded... that has embedded in multiple entertainment industries and is most active in cities with large concentrations of entertainment companies such as Los Angeles, New York City, Atlanta, Toronto, and Tokyo. It is speculated that the LMG uses other crime syndicates as proxies for their operations in order to obfuscate investigations into their activities and that they mislead people into believing they are more powerful than they really are. It was in the middle of the movie, but I kept watching. It couldn't hurt me now. It was night, and the moon flooded the lonely cabin in an eerie glow. It was a lost episode from the Pink Panther cartoon series, which was a show consisting of short sketches, about five or six minutes each, with the Pink Panther doing, eh, with the Pink Panther going on various solo adventures, and getting into trouble with other characters and situations, which he managed with his superior mastery of cartoon physics. It Took Place is a green land that, while not explicitly identified as Ireland, was obviously 
supposed to be the Emerald, uh, Emerald Isle, or at least some generic insular Celtic fantasy land. It was somewhat disturbing that whoever did it clearly had access to the original animation resources to make it look exactly like a real episode, but overall it was underwhelming compared to what I was expecting. It was a 2D animation, but somehow much more realistic than Pixar animation. It's hard to explain. It wasn't like CGI realism, but there was so much detail and effort put into the character that it gave the impression of realism while still being paradoxically fantastical. There was another home VHS tape labeled Super Bowl 2000 was a plug-and-play video game this time. It was still frightening even without the psychedelic properties of the animated short. It was simply titled Animation Deconstructed. It had the feel of a 1950s police interrogation room. It was yellowed, and the jacket was wrapped in protective plastic. It was a cartoon snake or cobra with its fangs bared and menacing look in its eyes. And a menacing look in its eyes. It took me two hours to reach the location. It was a one-story wooden building with its windows boarded up and foliage growing all around it. It was an empty lot from an abandoned building that had been raised years ago. It was a sunny spring day and the wind made me uncomfortable despite the warm weather. It was along the interstate, isolated from any other buildings. It sounded shrieky and low quality. It went downhill from there. It was done with it was done with such absolute perfection of technique that I was sure Strobel must have done that bit himself. It wasn't pleasant, but I was at least relieved to finally be getting it over with. <sighs> I think my takeaway, like the biggest issue with like like uh, with that with the it story there, is is not the it so much as the long windedness of some of those sentences. <laughs> hmm. But yeah. A lot of it's though. Yeah. All right. So I guess we'll go on to actual thoughts then. Mm -hmm. So part one, um, I actually have two quotes here that are kind of connected to uh, a thought here. Um, So I'm going to start with this. 
I'm going to tell you a secret. Oh, all right. But first, you have to you have to promise me you won't laugh. I make no promises. I I don't know what it is, but like I feel like this story might have uh, might have benefited a little bit more if it had been like maybe done up as like a uh, a letter to somebody or like almost like um like just a huge letter to some correspondent and we as a reader were like get it we're we're kind of reading in um like kind of like gleaning into that or like kind of coming in from that angle not that this person this narrator is telling is is explaining to this us the reader um this story and it, it'll tie to something at the very end of the story that I have uh, have an issue with. Um, but yeah, it just I feel like maybe if there had been some kind of uh, like kind of like how um, uh, other writers have done it, where like they it's a, a correspondence um, between one the writer uh, or the narrator of the of the story and a friend of theirs that they are seeking counsel with over because there's an overarching thing in the story where like they're explaining this whole experience. And then there's a question at the end that's going to come up. Um, but I feel like having a course, having a fictional correspondent rather than just the reader, uh, the story would benefit from that. Hmm. Um, and then my next thing here is, I'm uh, jump in before you continue. Sure, there. Yeah. I have a part on that too. It's pretty short. Basically, just after reading all that, like, I'm going to tell you a secret, you can't laugh, blah, blah, blah. My note is basically just, what if the act of asking me made me laugh, though? Like, in audio <laughs> format? In yeah. in audio format or in a transcribed audio format, that would work. But just yeah. plainly like this just doesn't. My opinion. Yeah, ex- I, understand. I understand wholeheartedly. Like, reading this, I was like, this would be great as, like, a, a screenplay or as, like, a, a radio play. But... Or as like one of those like ones that like it's almost like this was like set up like this so that people would read it on YouTube. <laughs> but yeah, I, I see where you're coming from with that. Yeah, the narrator has to be talking to someone. Yeah. All right. Then we go on to uh, my next one here. Um, there was no graphic violence, no psychedelic scenes, nothing that had that should have traumatized me as a child. And this was in regards to the actual Aristocats uh, video, to which I say, uh, no psychedelic scenes. That that cat band playing sequence was pretty trippy, uh, if I recall correctly. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Just like all multicolors, like all the cats suddenly start changing colors, and like uh, the sets are all like a jumble and a mess of of motion and color, and yeah, <laughs> like everybody, everybody, everybody wants to be a cat. Like that whole sequence was just like, what the fuck, <laughs> if I recall correctly from that movie. But I digress. I digress. Um, mm. So on to, oh, actually, before I go into part two, do you guys have anything for part one? Uh, I have one thing. Okay. Uh, where the quote is, he told me about the movie Felidae. Yep. And I had never heard of Felidae before, so I looked it up. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> yeah, because I had because I'd watched a review of it, and I was like, "Oh wow!" So, how was your reaction there, Mikey? <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a uh, interesting uh, movie. What I saw bits and pieces of. Yeah. Um, yep. You know, and 
cat sex and cat murder and disgusting mm. <laughs> all done up like the like as a cartoon <laughs> mm. and uh the last picture on in this story is actually from that movie yeah and i'm guessing they chose that because it is um similar to the aristocat style but it's also a graphic scene so yeah, it is quite nice. I think that's actually a nightmare scene in that movie, if I recall correctly, from the review I watched. I haven't actually seen it in full myself. I don't know. I, I could probably sit down and watch it, but it's really just a matter of, like, I'd have to be in the mood to watch something like that. Yeah. <laughs> mm, yeah. I didn't know about the movie either. Yeah, I there's the a thing, but can I unlearn it, too? <laughs> no. <That's a> real <laughs> question. <laughs> um, yeah. And that's all I have for part one. Okay. And Gamer, was that the only thing that you had earlier, or was there anything else? I had a couple more. Um, okay. So I saw a movie called The Aristocats, filled with scenes. I uh, described Scarby for Life, blah, blah, blah. So at that point, I'm assuming that there's just some sick fuck at the video store that the parents rented it from, splicing some weird shit uh, after the title. <laughs> Although, after reading more, got it from an estate sale, so I guess the guy that they bought it from was the one who bought with it all i guess yeah that's what i'm assuming at that point in time yeah because at that point we hadn't gotten that far into the uh, conspiracy yeah and then uh, a little bit later on uh he's talking about his mom he said i had once stayed up past my bedtime and watched it secretly regards <laughs> to him watching the secret thing the the, the bad movie uh, so if he stayed up and managed to turn on the TV, VCR, put the tape in the VCR, hit play, just easily hit stop. Why do you watch the whole damn thing? Also, um, is it kind of I, BS that a five-year-old could operate a, a VCR that well? You don't have a five-year-old niece in your household. <laughs> no, you also uh, don't can, have VCRs anymore. I really. can tell you right now that my niece is capable of putting in VCRs and DVDs by herself. And when she gets scared by something, she doesn't turn it off. She just stares and like goes into a fugue state. Oh, okay, so that's I can tell you. Then. I can tell you from real from from experience. <laughs> okay, that's fine then. Yeah, like just I've asked her, sure. like, "Are you okay?" Or like, "Billy, are you okay?" Like, when we were watching like some videos and stuff on YouTube, like the like spooky sightings of monsters and stuff like that, because there's actually a reason now that I'm not allowed to show her uh, things uh, spooky things on YouTube. <laughs> um, <laughs> I really don't know why you're trying to traumatize that child. But anyways, <laughs> I digress. Um, but uh, yeah, when I've asked her, like, are you okay? Like, she'll just nod, but she'll be very quiet and just staring at the screen. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they don't they don't uh, go and turn things off. Um, they just kind of sit there and stare and try and deer in the headlights situation. Try, it, I think it's more or less their 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 brain is trying to like um, uh, digest what's going what they're what they're seeing, <laughs> like process mm-hmm. like the things. Another the thought thing about, of no, it just doesn't come to mind. Yeah, exactly. Like another thing, like um, uh, a story that my my sister gave me about uh, about her, about her, my niece was that when they were, uh, she told her a story, um, like uh, she tried doing a spooky story because we're we're all monsters apparently. apparently. <laughs> um, but she like she switched the story around by the end because she realized she was going to go really dark, and so she changed it to like oh like, and then it turned out the person was fine. It was just ketchup on their chest, not blood. And my niece sat there. In the car, 
in in silence for about five minutes and then while still driving my sister heard her say like start asking questions to her about the uh about the ketchup and like why they did that and like why but if like if it was all like, it was if, if he was all fine why did the the lights go off uh, and so like my mom my sister had to make up a bunch of like things um to try and like cover her ass <laughs> on the on the plot that she had constructed and she was like going i was like why is that like she she spent about a, she spent five minutes there just mulling all of the information over like i yeah. think that's just what kids do at that age mm-hmm. that so weird. yeah i i actually can give you refutable evidence that that is actually a very five-year-old thing to do <laughs> that's totally fine i'm totally fine with it yeah and that's all I got for part one. Okay. So on to part two. Um, and this is just, this is in regards to the, uh, the, the YouTuber. So uh, I found a YouTube channel called cartoon geek who was discussing a certain lost episode for their, for his 40,000 or yeah, 40,000 subscriber special. So I looked up the cartoon geek as far as I can tell. While there is a cartoon geek. And in fact, there's multiple cartoon geeks on YouTube. Um, the prominent one and the prominent one does tack or talk about and tackle, um, old video, old cartoons and stuff like that. Uh, it's also not in English and it's all Portuguese. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure. So I'm pretty sure the cartoon geek that we are shown here is a, is fictional, which makes sense, but I wanted to make sure. And then on that some train of thought, um, we go down to my next comment here. Uh, and it's regarding the YouTubers, uh, transcript so um while we after like while reading this story or while while reading this part of the transcript of the youtubers like review of of uh the batman and robin or the the adventures of batman uh animation and looking back at my one of my own stories that i've written uh the uh the one we did for i did for april fools uh the 30 minutes or else um story that i got you guys to kind of like critique without you think without you realizing that it was mine um this is very much how I think the uh, the gamer's suggestion, like you, the gamer in yellow, uh, your suggestion for that story was uh, to represent the character's like review show in the story, um, like using this, using like making a doing a transcript basically of the the show. Like this is basically like how I would probably construct it is like the way that this guy has constructed this transcript. Yeah. Um, it's it's just a pretty decent setup for a fictional render of a review show for a lost episode, and like I I will actually take this as inspiration for when I get back around to finishing that story's edits. <laughs> that was only three years ago. It's fine. <laughs> Things take time. Yep. Uh, and then moving on, um. I was about to consign to this newfound self-closure when I found something during one of my foreign language searches. So, and this is in regards to like the guy doing like dig deeps into the internet for like, like searching for this video. I really like how there is actually a journey of investigation given to this. There's not just passing over like sections, like whole like swaths of the investigation and getting to the goal. In a story about investigating some weird creepypasta thing, few actually give us the investigative process or they summarize it too too quickly. Like this story seems to actually give us the process like almost 
not not like super in depth, but at least step by step, and that's a far more than we've seen in other creepy pastas when somebody is investigating um, such a thing. Uh, I also like how we even get uh, a questioning of faith and the the character bringing up false memory as a possibility. Um, it it it's got a really strong narrative beat to it that um, like the character like we actually see like the characters like victories as well as his fumbles and we see his like like some of like his goals reached but then also some flaws of his character like in the investigation like why is he do- like, he starts questioning why he's looking for this thing so badly um and is it all is it actually just some kind of fabrication of his mind before he finds some kind of evidence to to kind of note otherwise um and i really appreciate that in the story and then moving on to my next one here. Um, okay, so this one's when he's talking to the um, he's talking with the Lost Media Society, and he's like talking to one admin who points him to another admin, and that admin talks to him about a collector kind of thing. So I th- I think while ambiguity is all well and good, especially if like you're trying to like kind of hide names and stuff like that, like the the identities of people. Um, there should be some kind of naming, um, not just admin one and admin two kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. even even false so cover quickly. now. Hmm? What? Come and go so quickly. They're never yeah, referred to again. You can still like put in like a random like username, like just as a cover. Um, the I, narrator I don't doesn't even have a name. That that's <laughs> also true. <laughs> Which again, if he doesn't even have a name. Why would anyone else? Which again, if this had been like some kind of correspondence, like to a, to a friend of his, like we would have gotten his name. So yeah, I don't know, like some of the ambiguity is good, but there is a, a part of me that was like at, begging for some names, not just admin one and admin two, and then the collector or the ex admin. <laughs> like just give them names like John or Smith. <laughs> but yeah. Um, and then on to my next one, which is where we get into the uh, the discovery of the Lost Media Group. Um, and uh, this group was allegedly uh, behind the Lost Episodes phenomena. Um, so this story spins a similar setup to uh, four Lost Episodes as, well, Lost Episodes by, by Slime Beast. The, the story we did, or we, we, we discussed uh, way back when, like one of our earlier episodes. Uh, and I actually looked up, and this and that one came out back roughly. It hit the internet at roughly around 2013, whereas this one hit the internet roughly around 2019. <laughs> um, but I don't hold that against the the this story or the author, um, since it also takes uh, the the similar kind of core concept or idea, the origin of lost episodes, and tells it in its own way. Um, things things get recycled, and while I read this and saw familiar beats that brought up the, the other story. Um, I also saw where they, it diverged. So it, it's just something I felt should be addressed uh, in our discussion, since it is something that comes up from time to time, like, uh, like stories that get retold by multiple different people. And so, yeah, I just wanted to bring that up that like, this one, like while reading this, I was heavily reminded by um, lost episodes by Slime Beast, and but there are there are um, definite differences between those two these two narratives. Um, specifically, one is a single person in his in his garage, and the other one is 
there's a massive conspiracy of people from the third since the thirties that have been making these uh these videos. Um but also the investigation is a little bit more in depth. Um so yeah, I just wanted to tackle that before I go any further. Um, I actually was going to comment earlier uh, when uh, it was referred when it uh, said that his mom got it from an estate sale. And I was like, "Oh, did it, did it was the estate sale for for a guy named Sid, <laughs> which was the guy from Lost Episodes." Figured as much. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So anyway, um, that is my those are my actual thoughts for part two. Does do you guys have anything for part two? Starting with Mikey. Uh, well, you already talked about what I liked about it, which was that there is some investigation to it. And you also hit what was missing, which was the names and whatnot that sort of helped mesh things together. Okay, cool. Um, so we're actually on the same wavelength there for a second. <laughs> yep. Weird. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got nothing. Okay. Uh, gamer? I got a couple of things. Um, being the Lost Media Society is really giving me uh, me member uh, Princess Society a lot. Give oh, yeah. A lot of vibes from that. Yeah. Honestly, it remind, um, like, and this might just be because um, I am kind of a nostalgia junkie myself, but it reminds me of Retro Ontario, um, which is a an actual like organization of like film historians in Toronto that that uh, that uh, ask people to to give uh, to hand to give them or to um, allow them to copy um, tapes of like recordings of like TV shows and stuff like that from or even like commercials and stuff from yeah. Ontario's broadcast history. Like it, it just heavily reminds me of that kind of like those kind of um, uh, organizations which do exist. Hmm. And then uh, this other one, I have a quote here. Um, he links me a couple of archived threads by this individual asking about lost episodes. He gave me the man's email address. I shot him. No <laughs> use to me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> why is that funny? So, like, why is that killing me so bad? It's, it's just, I shot it's, him. He's no, he no longer needed. <laughs> Apparently, there's more than one conspiracy going on in here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> turns like out Nair was actually I a... shot him. Quote for yeah. this episode. Yes, it turns out Nair was actually a plant for the, me- the Lost Media Group, just tying up loose ends. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's the last one I got for that. All right, <laughs> that was that was good. Yeah. Um, on to part three. Uh, so the incident was locally known as the Kabatogama broadcast. Okay. I do like that this story has been creating fictional yet credibly seeming events that are forcing me to Google them and see uh-huh. if they're real things or not. <laughs> um, and by that, uh, on that same train of thought, here's another quote. I scheduled a vacation from work a f- uh, and a few weeks later, I was on my way to Lake Kabatagama. Um, Clex Cove was a a collection of 15 cabins, a bar restaurant, and a small boat dock with boats available for lease. Case in point, I tried looking. uh, Lake Kabatagama does exist, and it is in Minnesota. 
and there are a ton of resorts around the, the one side of the lake. There, as far as I could tell on Google Maps or Google, there is no Clex Cove that I could find. Currently, there may have been in the past. Maybe, but every time I looked up Clex Cove and Minnesota, all I got was this creepypasta. Uh, and Google mapping, like going down to like the coastline and following the coastline. I found a ton of resorts and cabiny places, but I could not find Clex Cove. So you're deep diving as much as Nair is. I know. Like <laughs> I just I love that's the thing I like about the story. Like they they create he, like the the author has created a bunch of these fictional like events, but they're like laid out in such a way that they are almost credible. Mm. Um. And I, I'll, I'll, there's a few other ones in my comments, like in later parts, that like kind of dive into that. But uh, that was my my main note for part three. Do you guys have anything for part three? No. No. Okay. On to part four then. I had an acquaintance in the FBI who owed my family the favor of a lifetime. Of course he did. I I don't know. Like it. I, I guess it's fine. Mm. Like I guess I guess this plot point is 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 perfectly legitimate. But this contact just seemed a bit too convenient, maybe? Yeah. I, I don't yep. know. It's a bit, it might be a nitpick, but I, I just, it, it felt, I, I just got a weird, like, feeling while, when I read that. I was like, of course you have a, an FBI agent friend. It does. <laughs> and of course right? Yeah, I know. Totally believable. Oh. And I mean, Whoa. again, I, again, it could be believable. Like, it, like there's, it's, there's, it's a diverse world out there with like people with diverse friend circles and stuff like that. So maybe somebody, like maybe this character just happened to know that thing. It just because of the story, it was just, it, it just came out a little too convenient for me. <laughs> yeah. uh, my issue with it is that uh, the FBI agent who owed my family the favor of a lifetime. Yeah, and that, he wastes it on this. Yeah, I know. Like, I'm sure his right? family's probably pissed at him. Right? Right yeah, now. exactly. Um, now that all aside, like my 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 kind of issue with the FBI agent aside, um, this is giving me some game fodder vibes for a Delta Green game or an, even an ESO terrorist game. Um, like just kind of starting. Like this is like the start of my not kitchen segment, but like I was just like, oh man, like I could use this section. Like like as of this point. I could see using this as fodder for a Delta Green game or esoterrorist game, like dealing with uh, with lost tapes and like the media group. Uh, mm-hmm. And then it goes further in uh, with that uh, into the next quote I have. Um, the lost media group first came to the Bureau's attention during the 1970s, but is said to date back to the early 1900s. During the 1920s and 30s, an urban legend emerged concerning mystery reels, which were said to be altered versions of syndicated movie theater reels that differed significantly in content and tone for the standard copies. <sighs> okay, that was all one sentence. Just want to point that one out first. But my actual thought, um, I really like this setup. For a story, but also again for a game, I could see this being in the in the Cthulhu genre of like the 1920s or 1930s, and you playing like early FBI agents dealing with these like uh, like dealing in Hollywood or even like uh, yeah probably Hollywood is the big is the big entertainment uh, capital of the world at that point. Um, like looking for uh, for tapes for like studio heads and stuff like that that are like trying to get these things off the off the streets. Because they're besmirching their name and stuff like that. 
uh, and then have something like supernatural or have some kind of conspiratorial uh, thing happen involving the group. Um, so it's just furthering my my whole like my need to like use things for game fodder <laughs> in creepypastas. Uh, so my next one here, uh, slightly divergent from uh, my last train of thought. The group is also rumored to have been involved in the production and distribution of snuff films, though there is as little evidence to support this claim as there is to support the very existence of snuff movies. But, but snuff movies do exist, don't they? (laughs) Like they're not, they, they aren't like they, they, uh, they are actually like a criminal thing that exists. Right guys. Like they're not just some like urban legends on the internet that we all, that we, we read about. I thought that's I thought they actually existed. <laughs> I I don't um, know enough about them to know one way or another. Yeah, I mean to be I fair, like they were. Yeah, I thought like I mean, has CSI proved me? Uh, has CSI done me wrong? <laughs> like I, I I know I've seen like shows and stuff of like that about them. Not not actually seen them. I'd like to point that out right now, I have not seen a snuff film, but. I know that seen like, people that review crime stuff movies, films and I, shit, right? Yeah, I've seen like true crime like segments and stuff of that regarding like the the assholes and people that do like produce and distribute them. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, it was just kind of a it kind of came out of left field like a little bit there. I was like, I, I thought they did exist in reality. <laughs> like I didn't think there was. I thought there was there was heavy evidence that they existed. Hmm. Had me questioning reality there, guys. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Uh, and then, and then this see this just to finish off part part four here with this quote: Why would that many people commit so many resources and risk so much just to make movies? Uh, the room, drop the mic, walk away. <laughs> <laughs> just any movie, like look at the amount of people and money yeah, that goes into we've got, any movie. I can name three people right, or at least I can kind of name three people right off the bat with guarantee of as, with that fit that exact sentence. Um, Tommy Wiseau with the room, obviously um, the guy who did Birdemic uh, oh. and Birdemic two. Hang on. Are they like super high budget. Yeah, they actually, well they had, they were basically made by people who are not filmmakers, but have a passion for film and spend a lot of money that they have to do it. Uh, James Nian was the guy who did Birdemic and the guy who's still making movies as like, who has no, like he has no tr- uh, formal training on filmmaking, but just has this deep passion for both filming and conspiracy stuff. So he keeps making the same kind of movie over and over again. Um, and he's got like a massive following online as a result of his, like his movies that he posts on YouTube for free and such too. Mm. Neil Breen double down was the, it was one of the movies he did. Um, yeah, Neil Breen and his Breenisms. Um, again, these are all like guys from like the who have a ton of money, don't have much um, uh, much experience in the way of making films, but have a passion, have this like weird obsessive passion for making the movies that they want to mo- make. And they're not very good, but they are interesting. <laughs> mm. So yeah, I just like to point like like it's like why would anybody why, why would so many people commit so many resources like ah uh, yeah these guys these three guys right here the uh, the um, the trifecta of 
um, so bad they're amazing movies. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's my that's my last comment on uh, part. So, do you guys have anything for part four? Um, I have some uh, critically silliness. Okay, cool. Can I so, segue in that from my section? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, this stems from uh, gaming, but uh, whenever the acronym LMG showed up, I was thinking <laughs> light machine gun. Yeah, yeah, same. So it actually makes the quotes kind of funny. <laughs> All right, let's let's hear them. Let's hear them. Uh, most of the testimony concerning the light machine gun has been hearsay and off the record. <laughs> it's just so powerful. <laughs> the exact it's, 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 sorry, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Uh, the exact nature, size, organization, origins, and goals of the light machine gun are mysterious. <laughs> Goals are very clear. Yeah. Murder people with all the bullets. Yeah. But their origins are mysterious. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> no one knows where the light machine gun comes from. Uh, it is speculated that the light machine gun uses other crime syndicates as proxies. <laughs> with bullets. Those proxies are bullets. <laughs> These claims have led the Bureau to believe that the light machine gun may have participated in trafficking of human beings. Probably. (laughs) I'm sure it's the gun's fault, not the people holding the gun. Yeah. Guns don't kill people, but they do traffic humans. Yeah. (laughs) They do traffic them. Oh my god. Uh... It's so bad that I'm laughing this hard. <laughs> ah. Okay. And that's all I have for part four. Oh, that was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, Mikey. Uh, gamer, do you have anything for part uh, four? <laughs> I did, but I don't want to top. I, I can't top that. <laughs> oh, I actually don't have anything. I said that earlier. Okay. Uh, all right. Then on to part five. Uh, so this one is ah okay. So this is in regards to like when he's in his hotel room and uh, the aristocrats pop or the aristocats pops on and it's part it's like a, a fragment of his uh, the one that he saw as a kid and like there's a warning attached to it. Um, and the he's like commenting. It's uh it's like uh about how it was uh, the setting alone in the dark with just the light. Uh, light of the TV um, was strongly reminiscent of my traumatic virgin experience with the feature, but he was like, but nothing's going to go wrong. Like nothing. It's, it's like totally fine. And this is like right before like the, the drop happens. And my comment was just like, it's also the kind of thing that would happen in a story where the narrator experiences some connected preternatural event to escalate the investigation further. <laughs> like I, I saw it like as soon as like uh, he was sitting there watching TV as like, and the Aristocats came on. It's like it's going to be some kind of like weird supernatural thing, like so not not supernatural, but like some weird um, encounter. Like it's going to be the actual tape, and sure well, it enough, has to be because he said yeah. that he uh, watched it in an entirety before, 
and it's totally fine. So why would it? Where would there be a whole scene about him watching it again if it wasn't going to be different? I know it's just it was it was kind of um, uh, uh, it was it was kind of foreshadowing a little too heavily, <laughs> like right from the get go of the scene. I don't know. Uh, I'm not really even saying it, that's a bad thing. I'm just saying, like, uh, like I saw it, like, as soon as this, this, this paragraph started, I saw it, <laughs> where it was going to go. So. Um, and then I'll to my next one. Uh, this is, oh, yeah, so this is um, actually another bit of game fodder idea stuff. And so this is the quote. Um, By they, you mean the Lost Media Group? I interjected. Yeah, they would be behind the thing you saw. Along with that Batman Lost episode, if it if it indeed existed, uh, yeah, if it indeed exists, though I haven't been able to find it any, myself, but again, wouldn't be surprised. I don't know what their goals or what their goal is in making these things, but they're interesting as hell, so I collect them. And so, reading that section and like parts of this other, like the obsession aspect of this this quest, this investigation on the, on the part of several characters in it. I feel unknown armies, an RPG about postmodern occultism and the deranged obsessive people who use magic to try and change the world simply by being crazy enough and believing hard enough to change something and break reality. Um, I think this story is the perfect kind of fodder for that kind of game or storytelling. Um, just using an un- the unknown army's um, setting. Uh, I actually did send this creepypasta over to uh, Adam and uh, Tara from RPX um, because they are, uh, it-, it seemed like it'd be right up their alley for like game fodder for an unknown army's game. That um, sounds like it. Yeah. Uh, and then the next part here, uh, he refused to fast forward to the, sh- uh, to, okay. Yeah. He refused to fast forward to the short, saying he wanted to keep the tapes from warping, even though he had the footage dig- uh, digitally archived. And and to this, I was just like, this guy just just wanted to have a paid for movie night with somebody. That's all. <laughs> he's just very lonely. Yeah, he's just really lonely. He just wanted to watch. So he just was willing, and like, all right, well, pay me a thousand dollars, and and we can have, have do a movie night. <laughs> <laughs> you paid a thousand dollars for this. You might as well sit down and watch the, these three movies. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, my next one here. Um, the short featured what was apparently a version of Scar, but the art style was completely different. It was a 2D animation, but somehow much more realistic than Pixar animation. It's hard to explain. It wasn't CGI realism. But there was so much detail and effort put into the character that it gave the impression of realism while still being paradoxically fantastical. And to this, I was just like, well, I just rolled sand. <laughs> like, just as an artist, I was like, that's terrifying. <laughs> really? Like, hey. to me, it is. Like, I found, like, I, I, I think hyperrealism is just, like, ugh, creepy. <laughs> but, like, a lot of. If you. Look at most artists that are just like drawing a tiger or whatever. It's going to be more realistic than how Disney does it because Disney tries to do a cartoon. Well, the thing is, this is both cartoony but also hyper realistic. So, like, all the same has all the it's a it's a cartoon character, but it has all the same fibers, and the yeah. eyes are kind of elongated and and and, uh, and cartoonish, like to and stylized. 
but it's like got actual like the detail of pupils and such into it. Like you get all the capillaries and stuff like that. And I was like, ah, that that freaks me out. Like just like because it's basically like when they they try to like distort somebody's like um, uh, facial features to make them more like an alien in uh, movies. Like uh, in Star Trek, there was an al- uh, in the in the J- the first J.J. Abrams uh, Star Trek movie. The first like couple of scenes, there's a there's a character who is um, clearly just a, a human actress with who's been like CGI'd like her eyes have been CGI'd to be like bigger and longer, like, like over her head. And it freaked me out the first time I saw it. I was like, there's something, it's like that uncanny Valley kind of angle of it that made me roll a sand check here <laughs> as I tried to visualize it. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, so, and then the next one here is another little goofy thing. Uh, during the lion short, I had managed to snap a quick digital photo of the TV screen while the man wasn't looking and had put the camera back away before the whole bad acid trip thing. I had the photo enlarged and enhanced. Zoom in, enhance, zoom in, enhance. <laughs> Sorry. It's just that one part where like he had it in, the photo enlarged and enhanced. It's just like, ah, it just always brings up the whole, like the, the blade runner scene. And then all as a result, the, uh, the, the super trooper scene where it's like, zoom in, enhance zoom in enhance <laughs> so gave me a little my bit point of a- on that is like he has this picture but he can't show us it yep course. yep yep because the person doesn't actually yeah you can give us all these other like screen caps of of things uh in the in the, in the like the three or four ones but also do you guys hear the hounds of tindalos or is are they not coming through no cool um all right, so that's that's what I have for part five. Do you, uh, Mikey? Do you have anything for part five? Uh, yes, I do. Excellent. <clears throat> to be exact, he wanted a thousand dollars. I agreed without hesitation. I was not at a point in my life where I could comfortably spend a thousand dollars on anything, let alone a prospect that might not deliver. Then, then why? <laughs> yeah, that says why. Who <laughs> <Are> you, me? <laughs> okay, you know what I mean, though. Like, I, and I, I, I actually did have, I did have a note here, but then I decided to drop it. <laughs> but I'm glad somebody else is bringing it up. Oh, well, to to me, this whole thing seems forced, and he's agreeing to pay with money he doesn't have so when i was expecting when they actually met the guy is like i don't have the money <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then there'd be some kind of kerfuffle in the uh, yeah. i took it as like essentially he had the money it's just like that's pretty much all of his savings and now he's going to be like living paycheck to paycheck because of this like he can't afford to do it he can physically do it it's not in his best interest to spend all that kind of money. Yeah. Actually, I do have something that I bring up early. I think the, the reason why I dropped it was because I, I bring it up later that like, I started questioning like why this character was like this obsessed <laughs> that he's willing to like spend so much money just to, just to find out about a cartoon. But mm. I mean, people do stupider things for uh, like spend their, spend tons of money, more money even on stupider obsessions so yeah 
And yeah, then he explains later why he didn't even try to bargain with him. Yeah, and that's why I that's why yeah. I um I, I dropped it as well <laughs> because he does explain yeah. it. But it, like at the same time, like when you first get that get that part, it's like, why are you doing this? <laughs> He's gone that far. I guess already. So yeah, yeah, and then. My my other point here is that he's worried about spending money, but then he goes early and stays in a hotel for a couple days. So he's just bleeding money at this point. <laughs> oh, those use uh, those those, co- those just out of college kids and their their exposable or their exposable their disposable incomes. <laughs> hmm. Also, wherever he's working, can I get can I get that job? <laughs> <laughs> and is that it? <laughs> uh, well, I have a note here the, about uh, the Pink Panther. Oh, okay. But, I mean, uh, well, based on how Pink Panther goes, like, I watched an episode, and oh, man, are they violent. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, but, it's cartoon violence, not yeah, like, yeah. graphic, hyper-realistic stuff. Yeah, so... And at this point, I'm like, well, somebody clearly had to have edited the whole breaking of bones and uh, boiling alive. Because in a cartoon, uh, a cartoon character falling wouldn't break bones. They'd just sort of be fine afterward. Yeah. Or if they broke a bone, they'd be in a cast in a hospital. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They they usually don't. Wouldn't, in the cartoon, yeah, it would just cut to the hospital and he's in a cast. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but that is kind of the point of the lost episode thing <laughs> is that it does show that stuff. And that's, what's weird. <laughs> and it's explained that this is exactly what the, the LMG does. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I'm just thinking to myself, who wants to watch these? <laughs> <coughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know who. <laughs> It's almost like it's a niche thing that is not mainstream. Yeah, it's almost like something that would exist on Dun 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 the Dark Web, <laughs> or you know some other illegal um, chat boards and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh... I'm actually I am surprised that the dark web did not come up at all. Mm-hmm. It's actually surprisingly analog. This, uh, their 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 uh, their operations are uh, the, the, what we glean of the of the group's uh, anal- uh, organizations is pretty analog. So, niece, go back, back. Sorry, <laughs> she she gets impatient. It's it's been a long quarantine, guys. <laughs> um, she 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 yeah she wants to play, so she's like. <laughs> Uh, also, one of you guys is now Lurch because she saw the Lurch picture in our Discord. <laughs> and she was like, who's that? Is that the person you're talking to? And I was like, yes. <laughs> Great. <laughs> nice. Alright. Alright, anyway. Uh, um, What was I saying before the niece decided to uh, barge in? <laughs> uh, what were we talking about? Uh, well, I can segue to the next thing I was going to talk about. Cool. Yeah, we'll do that. Right. <laughs> so, my next quote here, uh, I think this is after the uh, whole 
uh, Super Bowl video. Yeah. Uh, they could only have done it one of two ways. With editing techniques that were well beyond what was publicly known to the world, or with some type of magic. Perhaps even movie magic. Uh, and my response was, really? Magic? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my response at, was, yeah, I'm sure it was magic. Of course. <laughs> well, that, at the, like up until this point, I was thinking it could be footage from another dimension. Oh, which is magic. <laughs> no, it's science. <laughs> All right, there, uh, Clark Ashton Smith. Any any advanced science is, is indistinguishable to magic. All right, there. <sighs> okay, you fringe scientist. <laughs> All right, and then... Also, I my my kind of suggestion for that was not even like like they could have honestly just like have made a set and filmed that. Yeah, like yeah, it's not Hollywood well. does that all the time. <laughs> yeah, my point on that is like realistically, LMG is presumably a large, huge company with lots of assets, based on yeah. what the FBI report said and such. So, who says they couldn't have recreated it all digitally? There's a plasma TV at the po- at this point in the story when he's watching this. Yeah, and, and this, the event yeah. was in 2000, but this could, this is later. And even in, who yeah. knows when the edit was done? Yeah, even in 2000. Um, and the, if these guys have the connections that they are supposed to have, they could have easily like set up, um, like basically borrow a, uh, a a film studio. Like it doesn't even have to be like the set. They could they could either get uh, like borrow some hours at the at the stadium. Um, and then used like a film studio in Hollywood or Toronto or wherever, like, uh, and basically just yeah, it, it wouldn't have been that hard, like in 2000 even, to fake that using Hollywood assets. <laughs> hmm. Much, yeah. And thanks for bringing up Gamer, but you uh, brought up the plasma TV, which was a thought process that I had forgotten about. Um. Okay. The my issue there is that these VHS tapes on a big high definition TV are going to look so bad. That is true. And so so the whole hyper realism of the lion picture would be grainy as anything. Like the the only way to really see it the way it was meant to be done would be on an old CRT TV. At the same time, though, I disagree because, um, well, yes, there would be some grain and some of that. It it still like have like a lot more clear detail than you get from a, a CRT, and I think that was probably the reason it was used is so that the guy could take that sneak that photo in the story and get a, a decent picture and not just have to worry about like the, the blur, like the blur from like all the CRT uh, um, screen. Well, the, the, the reason I bring it up is because I had a, a video that hasn't been remastered. It looks perfectly fine on an old style TV, 
But as soon as you put it on a higher definition screen, it just looks so bad. <laughs> I think at this point it's a um, you have different um, uh, what's the word? Uh, different tastes, different um, expectations, basically. Yeah. Uh, to your video quality like for me i you've seen the tv at my house i've played vhs on it and it's fine yeah but how many vhs cartoons have you watched uh a couple i'm pretty sure you, i've seen just cartoons yeah i was gonna say i'm pretty <laughs> sure i've seen some v- some cartoon vhs's on your uh on your shelf yeah so I think it's just like you're more of a stickler for um, video quality than I am. So personally, I wouldn't see as much of a difference. But for you, it could be like day and night to the yeah. point that it's mm-hmm. unwatchable. I feel like this is a uh, this is one of those circumstances of the tech doesn't hold up for my for Mikey. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah, because that has to happen in every story. Yeah, the techno babble <laughs> didn't hold up. <laughs> yep. And that's my notes for part five. Okay. Gamer, do you have anything further to say? I've talked about both mine. Cool. All right, on to part six. So, um, this is the, here's a quote. Uh, I got a response from one expert saying the style reminded him of Johann Straubel, an Austrian artist and animator who had moved to the United States in the 1930s. Searches online. Damn it. Oh, Fool again. <laughs> Fool me again. <laughs> Um, I did find a Johan Straubel who was an artist, um, but that's about the most I got. There was no, as far as I can tell, there was no animator in Disney um, that or that worked for Disney and was like canned or anything like that, and no Straubel Studios. No, sorry. Chair behind your door. <laughs> yeah, almost. Yeah, start boarding up my shirt like a uh, boarding up like a zombie movie. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Um, yeah, so like it fooled me again with like the the fictional yet plausible or like kind of like I'm not sure if this is fake or not, like uh like things that it brings up. So um and then moving on to the next quote, the book was in their special archive collection, so I couldn't get it through interlibrary loan. I had to drive there where they would allow me to examine it in their archive reading room. Okay, so at this point, this is when I was starting to like really think that, uh, like, think given how obsessive the narrator is being, traveling across multiple state lines in their pursuit, uh, I wouldn't have mined some consequential effects to their personal life, um, like brought up, like, or even financial life. Like, like he's at this point, he's taken more than like at least three weeks off from work and. At any place, uh, if you're the, even there for like a few for uh, for a couple of years, they only give you about two to three weeks of vacation time. <laughs> well, all these events are also not all happening back to back. No, they Some are happening across a rough months. deadline yeah. on it and timeline yeah. on it, but most of it is kind of vague. So he could be doing one of these excursions every month or something, not like day after day. Well, I'm not even talking to you. Oh, yeah, that's fair. But I mean, like, again, like he had like the two weeks off for the one and then he took a week pretty much off or maybe another week off during the um, uh, the the viewing of the uh, the tapes. And then when he went to the Straubel studio, 
it was another week or so. So Did it say he's constantly taking weeks off? Yeah. Or is this all, all assumed? I'm pretty sure it brought up that he like he took um I know that he brought the uh, two weeks in the first one, the first excursion. And then it was a uh, given the amount of days he mentions, um, it was probably about a week, and then the other one was about a week. It's just it, I just wish that like we'd have gotten a little bit more, um, uh, a little bit more retrospect on his uh, on his, like how his personal life is being affected by his obsession here. Um, and I mean by by uh, part seven, we do get that he has taken some months off to try and get his life back together. I would have liked a little bit more than just saying that like maybe like explain how this is a this this search has affected his life like it's 22 pages more. as it is here's some quick um searches i only found twice that he mentioned that he got time off work to do things yeah it's for the viewing and um something else in and part three did it say anything for the weeks like or like the time uh it's First one is I scheduled a vacation from work, and a few weeks later, I was on my way to Lake Kevin. Short okay. answer: No. Let's continue. Okay, fine, fair enough. Um, um, oh yeah. So otherwise, like despite that, um, the uh, investigation has been surprisingly enthralling for me. Like the like uh, the way it's been laid out uh, and jotted down. That was the other, the only other part of my note for that. Um, and then the next one is. Uh, the author went on to emphasize the need to be bold, daring, or no, to be bold and daring in animation, and willing to push social taboos. So while we're we're learning about this uh, Johann Straub, uh, Straubel, um, I was kind of getting the fe- I'm kind of getting the feeling that th- this character was based off of, or at least inspired um, by uh, Ralph Bakshi. Uh, who is a famous animator uh, who's responsible for several mature animated films uh, and who challenged the animation norms that Disney and other studios of, uh, opted for in, in those days, like in the early days of animations. Uh, and just for some, uh, some, some credit, uh, Ralph Bakshi is the guy who, who start, who, who made uh, wizards as well as the animated film of Lord of the Rings back in like the, I want to say seventies. Um, I haven't seen and- either. He's notably um, also done uh, Fritz the Cat, which is the first X-rated animated feature. Um, so again, he was, and even now, like uh, to this day, he um, he uses animation um, as a, a way to like he he feels like feels that animation shouldn't like coddle uh, or shouldn't be used like solely for like um, for like children. It should be used uh, like it can. It, it's a a medium that he, uh, he should use for. Uh, to express yourself regardless of your age and in all manner. So um, just kind of like, that's, that's what just like what I, the vibe I was getting as, as an animation kind of connoisseur myself and a fan of art and like uh, this kind of entertainment. Uh, I was definitely uh, getting some vibes that J- Johann Straubel was a, um, uh, was an insp- was, it was inspired off of Ralph Bakshi as a, a character. Anyway. Hmm. Um, and that is the end of my part six stuff. All right. So my part six starts with this quote. You know how some paintings of people have the eyes painted in such a way as to give the impression of the subject's gaze following you as you view it from different angles? Well, this piece didn't do that. (laughs) 
Yep. I had the exact same thing written down, stopped at the exact same part in the sentence. Yep. And so anyway, the book was informative, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. say like, but it was something like that. <laughs> it was some kind of effect. So yeah. Like, uh, yeah, no, the rest I, of the quote is, but it had some similar thing going on where the eyes of the snake appeared to bore right into you straight through the page. So it was really nothing exact, like that. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just like, it's like, you know, that, 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 uh, that, that, that one technique that people use for the eyes. Yeah, it was nothing like that, but it was something like that. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, no, it's just, I'm not saying, I'm just saying. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. So uh, my next quote here. I started to wonder how much gas money I would have ended up spending by the end of my search for that damn video. Which my response is, yes, I too wonder where all your disposable income is coming from. Right? Again, can I have your job? <laughs> Rich batch. Yeah. That's all it is. Yep. And then uh, at the end uh, of this part where he's opened up the um, hatch or whatever. The yeah, the floor in the cabin. Yep. And uh, the one sentence, however, I did photograph each one of them just in case. And my thought was, oh, yay, more pictures that we don't get to see. Yeah. Also, I I, kinda, I dropped one of my, my comments on that because it was it just seemed like a little superfluous. But I was like, I would have just taken the stuff like what? Like what? Really? What was the what was the uh, the harm in not taking it <laughs> or in taking it? Uh, jail time. That's what. Really? <laughs> yeah, because you have evidence been... on you that I... you broke into that place and stole it. Stole OK, stuff. I suppose. I guess, but it's a rundown, and like no one's like it hasn't been used in years. Not yours. You are a more lawful person than I guess I am, sir. Nair says all this in the story. He is a more lawful man. Well, I am as well, but (laughs) yeah, (laughs) yeah, he explains very clearly in the story why he didn't take the stuff. Yeah, I think that's also why I dropped it was because he did give some reasons as to why he didn't. Mm. Yeah. And that's my end of part six. All right. Gamer? Uh, yeah, I got a couple. Or one left, actually. Uh, when he's cursing, not bringing a machete for the overgrowth on the dirt road, <laughs> then he has a hatchet later. So, <laughs> was that so... not good enough for the overgrowth? I guess not. I guess he was like, really, like, unless it was like, also, did anybody else, like, he's like, I wish I brought a machete. It's like, what are the, is it a tropical for- rainforest that you're drinking the cutting through? Yeah, he might just be like referencing that, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he had a hatchet, so whatever. Yeah. Just takes a little bit longer because the blade is, and isn't as big. Yeah, he's got to mm-hmm. be a little bit more refined with it. Yeah, that's all, all I got left to talk about. Okay. So on to part seven. Um, and this is like, like my quote is the basically the last part. Um, and this is what I, I was referencing earlier, like from part one, basically. Um, so here's the quote. I'm debating with myself whether it's worth letting them in on the secret, 
or if it would be better if their own for their own sake if i convince them they imagine the whole thing and i guess now that we're reading that this you made your decision i disagree uh, hmm? i disagree wholeheartedly wholeheartedly okay well hang on a second um so for me i don't quite like how the ending concludes um not the decision but the execution of it it seems like what we're reading uh, was a story to expose the group, but the ending doesn't give enough heat to the situation for them to do that. Like maybe if there was some absolution in their decision, uh, like not wanting to see another person go scrambling in the dark and danger of the investigation like they did. So they're spilling the beans and damn the consequences. Yeah. That's just kind of my my take on the ending is just I, I it goes back to what I said earlier where I feel like this would have been better if it had been like some kind of correspondent between a narrator who and we'd get a name of for the narrator and a friend of theirs that they are co- getting a consultation with as it is it just like it just seems odd to me for the ending but uh but gamer you said you you disagreed so yeah, I, I don't. Your opinion. I, I don't see how it's connected to the uh, the person who emailed asking about all this because he didn't write this entire thing for that person. Yeah. He's referring to them as them, not saying like I like. If the entire thing was meant to be a response to that email. It would have been like that at the start. Exactly. Not like with that's... that weird entry. Not with that weird don't laugh situation. Because again, yeah. if it was someone that emailed him that already knew about all this, they wouldn't be laughing because they know this shit. They know that they saw a cartoon that's fucked up and they would have been in on it. Yeah. Like as it is, it almost is like, um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with like the newspaper thing articles that they, uh, they get like, um, ask any kind of, uh, like it's a, like a, a column where somebody mm-hmm. writes in to Annie and Annie gives uh, Annie the uh, pseudonym of Annie, the, the person who's in behind Annie, um, writes responses to like help like consultate uh, the person like uh, uh, and it's, uh, usually the person writing is anonymous but they tell their story and then Annie gives them advice on it right yeah. it's kind of what this story felt like by the end <laughs> like that that ending with that ending the entire story is not a response to a question no it isn't it's it's them like telling for some reason the reader their whole backstory and like the whole setup of their investigation and now they're asking why like if they should tell this person or not it it doesn't it just doesn't seem like a strong enough for me it doesn't seem like a strong enough reason to be spilling the beans on everything it didn't seem like it was it was it was more of an internal question not a question to someone else to answer oh okay i see what you mean it's there himself thinking like i don't know if i should tell this person one way or another but not really expecting an answer because the entire story is just through it's through Nair's eyes, but not it's not directed at anyone. It's just, okay, so it's a first person. So okay, so I, I get I think I get what you're saying. It's it's a first person account, but we as a reader are just reading it, and we are inside Nair's head, kind of thing. Yeah. Okay, I get you. Yeah. Um. All right. If you take it that way, I guess that's it, it's it's fine. <laughs> 
problem is just the the start and the ending have nothing to do with each other. Yeah. Because of how odd the start is with all the don't laugh, swear, I'm serious. If you just ignore that, then yeah, it's just a first person account and it works fine. Yeah. But yeah. No, that's fair. I actually kind of like now that I like now like get, getting that that viewpoint actually kind of helps me understand the story a little bit more but also i agree with you that 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 first part really just doesn't need to be there <laughs> as it is yeah it's completely unnecessary yeah in my opinion yeah uh and that is the end of my my actual thoughts uh so mikey do you have anything for part seven yeah uh for part seven i have a quote this email wasn't from any of the addresses I had messaged. My thought is, and now Nair dies due to trusting a random email. Yep. Or it's just someone that saw him asking questions on forums and such and tracked him down that way, like how he tracked down other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or like they've been following him and keeping tabs on him for the entire investigation. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that that light machine gun will do that. Yep, <laughs> just sitting there with its scope, <laughs> going like watching him as he goes into the building. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's all I have for part seven. Okay, gamer, do you have anything further? Uh, not really. All right. Uh, then it's kind of weird that. Well, I, I didn't write it down, but. Yeah. Well, it's just because I was thinking about it. I yeah, didn't yeah, write no, it for down, sure. But, uh, yeah. I found it weird that like Kathy got a name. And right? <laughs> about it. Yeah, we got Kathy. She got, got a name and Johann Straubel. Yeah, well, Straubel, Johann's... I understand why he, he got a name, but she didn't need a name. Yeah, she could have just been like, uh, like she could have gone by some kind of like other alias that's like super ambiguous. Like, I mean, that, that's probably not even her real name. But no, obviously. Just, yeah. It's weird that she even gets a name. I don't yeah, know she if he refers just, to her as that ever. Yeah, I think she also just could have been called Red to uh, yeah. just like to give her a, a designation uh, because of her red hair. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Like for all the Im- ambiguity of the story, they, they decided to like center in on Kathy. <laughs> yeah. Especially since it's the one female character too. So yeah. Even if she didn't have a name, you could still very clearly. Um, differentiate what's happening because it's like she did this, she did that, she said this. There's no other females in the entire story. Yeah. No, that's fair. So okay, <laughs> sorry the, the the speech lag or the the lag in this thing uh, on Discord is sometimes annoying. Um, all right, so uh, I guess we're on to final thoughts. So for me, it's a decent investigative journey into an origin of Lost Episode genre. Uh, the idea of some cultish animators and filmmakers working in the shadows of the entertainment industry is really cool to me. And the way the majority of the story tells that, uh, like that, that search and that investigation into it is decent to me. There's certainly room here to develop spots and add details into the plot um, and do some editing as we've kind of gone through in this journey of seven parts. 
otherwise, though, I recommend this if you're a Lost Episodes fan or even looking for some some media based occultism ideas for for a, a tabletop game. Um, because I found at least four or five, uh, three or four, um, like sections where three or four separate like RPGs would 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 apply for running a game with this kind of uh, core idea and like using this as the setup. So, uh, yeah, that's my recommendations and such. Uh, I recommend it uh, if you're. A f- I guess uh, yeah, I recommend it if you're a fan of lost media of lost episode stuff, um, and you like investigations. So, Mikey, the East Stands for Evil, your verdict. All right. So, I liked part of the investigation stuff that was done. Uh, the to me, the technology failed with the plasma screen and the VHS. Just burn it all down. It's done. <laughs> I walk away. <laughs> um. I feel that dropping the magic bomb was just unneeded because you leave it up to the reader to decide if it's magic or whatever the issue is. To the to the narrator's credit, he doesn't specifically say it is magic. He just puts it out there as a uh, as a uh, spitball, like uh, among other idea among other reasons for how it could happen. Yeah, but I still didn't like it. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Um, so now, based on what I was reading it, um, the story didn't really start annoying me until part four. So I'm giving it a partial recommendation. Okay. So it got you far enough in before it started pissing you off that you're willing to give it a pass. <laughs> a partial pass. Yeah. It'll cost $1,000, but you can keep going. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, then I guess I'll to me, I suppose. Gamer, yep. Mm. Uh, well, first of all, because um, I forgot to bring it up, uh, did you guys look up the... Um, uh, the discontinued uh, Pokemon plug and play game that they were planning on doing. I did <laughs> that. I, at least, I, at least, I checked it to see if it was actually something real or something that this character, this author, made up. Yeah, <laughs> and I did. I did get as far as like, oh, it did actually exist. That's cool. Um, and moving it was on, going to exist, but it didn't. Yeah, yeah. But leave it to Gamer in Yellow to latch on to the, the video game aspect of the, yeah. of the story. <laughs> So let's see. Do you, have, do you have anything to share about that? Um. Well, when I first heard Pokemon plug and play game, I'm like, how the fuck is that even going to work? Because like, there's right? no there's no saving or anything on that, and playing traditional Pokemon takes a long time. From uh, the research I've done, it would have been like, um, crappy little, um, not an actual Pokemon game. It's just like, uh, learn how to spell Pokemon game. You know, like oh, okay. educational and like very simplistic stuff. It'd be like, it'd be like playing freaking Atari, but it's just with Pokemon everywhere. Yeah, because I mean, I I remember like uh, my retail days. There was a ton of um, like there was a whole shelf of that in uh, the toy department mm-hmm. for like Pac Man and Atari games and stuff like that. Like a single Atari game or like multiple Atari games on one unit, and it was just yeah. a controller that you plugged into the uh, the AVP the AV. 
uh, ports on the TV. Hmm. Um, but yeah, like I, so I, so it's, so it was really just some kind of like Pokemon themed, um, edu- uh, edutainment game. <laughs> uh, basically. Yeah. They'd yeah. all just be crummy little games with Pokemon on them. It wouldn't <laughs> be a full on your red doing things and collecting Pokemon. No. Fair. Although that would have been cool. Actually, I, I, I kind of want like, I kind of wish it had been like you select one of the three starters and then you just do it's just Pokemon battles. There's no story to it or anything. You're just like going through like cycle, like through a uh, a program cycle of like different enemies that you have to fight. Mm-hmm. And there's no save. It's just try to get the high score through that. Kind of like all your thing. Pokemon are preset. You don't really have an option for them. Exactly. Yeah. Good. Like there's no save, but you just you select a you select one of the the three Pokemon and go. And it's basically just like the turn, like it's just called Pokemon Tournament. Like, and it's just a, pu- a plug it's like and a play. tournament ladder in Mortal Kombat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah I basically. think that would actually have been a really cool, like, I, I wish that existed. <laughs> hmm. Speaking of, the one that did exist in the story, the Black Carbonite one, that's sad we didn't actually get to see it. Right? We had inklings <laughs> of what happened. Because, like, like, um, Collector Man, I'm assuming, played it. Like almost broke it from stress because like the D pad was all like pressed Warped. in on it and, and it was cracked. melted yeah. partially. Yeah, yeah. With, like it was just like the, uh, said. the like, Lion King thing did to him. I'm curious what the hell that would have done. Yeah, I, I kind of almost wouldn't have mind um, if the the author writes a spinoff story that that is just called Pokemon Black Carbonite. <laughs> yeah, like sure. I'd I'd be down to like read that and then discuss it on our show. <laughs> mm. I just wish um, Collector Guy just gave us the bullet points of what happened when he played it to explain yeah. why you're not going to play it, but it's a thing. Yeah. But this moving on to my, my yeah. actual final yeah. notes. Yeah. No, um, that's fine. That, that was something that was worth bringing up. Yeah, I forgot to mention all that. Um, uh, but yeah, I'll I'll recommend the story overall. At 22 pages, I was worried getting into it. But, uh, <laughs> It flowed quite well. It wasn't a pain to read. Um, it was an agonizing drip feed of information. But, but that's um, true. Yeah. Sorry. I'm just, I, that was I know, I know, I'm leaving I'm I'm you talking. Sorry. 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 I stopped myself. I stopped. <laughs> you. It was an agonizing drip feed of information, but it had a slow build up to the conclusion that didn't feel like it had any flat spots along the way. So it was fine. Yes. Um, like Nair being on the other side of the fence by the end, and um, his apprehe- apprehension to telling someone else. Uh, it was a good investigation that didn't go into graphic detail. It didn't need to. When I first started reading this, I was talking about like the Aristocats being drowned and all that shit. I was you prepared were, to yeah. stop reading this if it was gore porn versus animals. Yeah, but it wasn't. Thankfully, it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just wish the intro and ending were more connected. Get a first-person account. Get actually yeah, yeah. feel like, or make it feel like Nair's actually talking to someone about all this and why. Exactly, like because that that it seemed like it left kind of a, a bitter taste in both of our mouths about like regarding the the beginning and the end of the story, just having no connection mm-hmm. to it. Yeah, it's a shame because the whole thing is quite immersive, as you yourself have felt with all your yeah. googling. Yeah, like, and that's the other thing I didn't really bring up with my recommendations. Also, like, if you if you like getting teased by from fictional things that are just plausible enough that you have to Google it to make sure, 
<laughs> like that's that's impressive. Like the amount of times that happened in the story. Yeah, for sure. Overall, I would recommend it. Yeah. Again, nothing's perfect. Or yeah. A couple of things that bothered me, but they're fixable. All right. Uh, well, that that has been this week's episode. So if you like what you heard, or if you didn't, leave it in the comment, comment section below where this gets posted, whether it be on Podbean, Facebook, YouTube, or Tumblr. You can also get a hold of us on Twitter. Uh, Mikey is at the East Stands for Evil. The Gamer in Yellow is at the Gamer in Yellow, but without that W, because his name is too damn low. Has to be. Um, and I'm at Review Cultist. Uh, you can also send us emails. Go to Aldente Rigam- or uh, just use aldente rigamortis at gmail.com. Uh, that's A L D E N T E R I G A M O R T I S at gmail.com. And you can send us uh, your suggestions for creepypastas, SCP entries, spooka things that you find on the internet that you want people to discuss and talk about, because that's our show. Um, that would be awesome. Uh, I will add it to the queue and we will get to it. Uh, if you'd like to help support the show, you can go to Patreon, look up El Dente Rigamortis, and select the back tier you'd like to support us at. We have $2 and $5 tier, uh, where you can get uh, early access, extra content, special episodes. To our to our patrons that are already helping support the show, thank you guys immensely, because you're helping keep those hosting bills at bay. And as always, we are so thankful for that. To our listeners and the authors of these stories, thank you guys as much, because without your listenership, we wouldn't have much motivation. And without your authorship we wouldn't have any material to discuss and that would be sad so thank you until next time i have been your host review cultist i'm mikey the east ends are evil the gamer in yellow and this has been al dente rigamortis sleep well <laughs>